in 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts. We promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. We are all the way up to album 118, and from 1976, it's Hotel California by the Eagles. Guys, I'm not going to lie, okay? I cannot tell a lie. I discussed that last week. I am just like George Washington, but only in the good ways, not the bad ways, okay? In that I wear a wig, okay, and I have a huge dong. A well-known fact about George Washington. Real? real? No, no. I know you guys trust me as the huge dong expert. I did not <laughs> I did not think that's real, but it's possible. You got to think of that guy was in charge of the, our first president. You had to have a massive hog. I mean, this is America. God bless you. I'm not going to lie. I did a song that's not on the album, but I do want to say this is a heartfelt tribute to you guys. <sighs> this song is called Seven Friends Road. Oh. oh. What's up, everybody? Welcome to K-Rob. I'm thankful to do this show. Oh, yeah. When I sit here with these how many times did you have to do and this? And we start, start tracks? to do the show. Impressive. <laughs> so impressive. Suddenly occurs to me I have something more valuable than Central time. I dare you to try and find three of your friends to meet every week for an hour to. Yes. Yes. I'm so lucky to have these guys. Oh my God. I'm lucky. Yeah, 
Aaron, I, Rob, take your headphones off, Aaron. I, it sounded like Baritone 3 was a little bit flat. Was my I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, if we're going to really get into the, you know, picking this. Listen. Beck did it better. The uh, pitch correction was up to 75 on that song. I'll just say it right now. It was way up there for that one. Uh, and I'm so glad that Aaron's brother's not here to hear that song because that wasn't about him, that piece of shit. That's All true. right. <laughs> this is Beck Did It Better, and get, I am lucky get off to get the to podcast you. and get back and give us some voicemails, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you thought last week's voicemail was short, wait till this week's. Uh, I've got three guys here, and they want to talk about the Eagles, Hotel California. And let's face it, folks, at this point, they legit are the people I see the most in my life, probably some of my best friends. And from now on, I'm going to be mean to them and shatter all the goodwill that I started this show with. I've got Russell in Minnesota. Russell, how are you doing? Well, Rob, there you stand with your little head in your hand. Your baby's gone and you're all alone. And you end where Lenny Kravitz bends. See, here's the thing. Everybody's like, oh, Rob, you're so gross. You talk about this stuff. I get set up. I swear to God. Like, this is like you hand me a gun and you push me into a bank. And then you're like, oh, what are you doing robbing a bank? It's not my fault. I want the show to be good. I want the show to be clean. I want to be sweet to each other. It's not my fault. Eagles got dirty lyrics. That was not on me. <laughs> Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing tonight? Uh, good, Rob. Just want to tell you, take it easy. Don't let the sound of your own voice drive you crazy. It right. never has. Ooh. Not once. It's never has. Ooh, my voice is so sweet. Uh, even though I've been announcing a powerlifting meet today for 10 hours and it's hashed, it still sounds great. And I've got Aaron out in California who I edited out, but he said my song I did sucked. Aaron, you son of a bitch. That's so terrible. By the oh, way, Aaron, what? I forgot. To, uh, Aaron was telling me earlier that he pirated a movie the other day. He pirated a movie. He he pirated it. He gave it 3.14 stars. Oh, he pirated, pirated it. it. <laughs> he pirated it. Aaron Why in California. How, I like that one. <laughs> Aaron, how are you doing? <laughs> the pleasure. <laughs> pleasure. Man, I'm just I'm excited to be here with three guys who are hard-headed, brutally handsome, and terminally pretty. Let's talk about Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> I, the sad thing is, is I know all these songs and I listened to this album exactly once in preparation yes. for this episode. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know I, this one. Okay, I know good. every song of this album. And I was like, what the fuck? I listened to a this lot of classic in our veins. Like this, this is like, this was in the vaccines we got when we were kids. That's what, that's what was in our vaccines. It was uh, speaking of this album. album. Can you guys excuse me? Captain, please bring me my, my wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, a Cirque du Soleil guy just flipped over and brought him some wine. That's so crazy. That's a great trick. All <laughs> right, let's get into the voicemail. I just yes. To just say. say. So stupid. <laughs> yeah, I can kiss my ass. God, <laughs> they're, just dumb shits. they're just the dumbest of the dumb. God, they're just the dumb shits. Just the dumbest of the dumb. <laughs> Dum 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 shit listeners like listeners like dum 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 shit listeners like listeners like fuck off. I think this goes back to the original Stevie Wonder episode. Honestly, that song that Matt did for that still one of the highlights of this podcast. Just an incredible, just like I'm trying to think of another artist that literally just made one song and it's the greatest thing ever created. I can't former. How did I think of that? It was my first dance at my wedding. The voicemail. Don't blink or you'll miss this one. Yes, of course, the ghosts are dead Pac-Man, you dumb shit. All right, so that is a caller <laughs> replying to my question, which I forgot about. 
Are the ghosts in Pac-Man dead Pac-Man? Here's what I here's what I don't understand. That had to be Magic Mike. Was that Magic Mike that called him? <laughs> no, it was actually maybe a sister of mine. So here's the thing. <laughs> Somebody call me a dumb shit. Doesn't bother me. Didn't think about it. Doesn't doesn't matter to me. Not a big deal. They're not the same shape. Why yeah, wouldn't the dead I don't Pac-Man think she's right. Pac-Man? Yeah, they don't look anything like Pac-Man. Plus, they have names, right? Inky, Blinky, Pinky, and Sue. Okay, like they're so. So who are they? And the other and the other guy's name Pac-Man. Like you wouldn't change your name just because you gave him a ghost, right? Like you wouldn't go from Rob the Man to Randy the Ghost. You'd be Rob the Ghost. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I always thought it was Pac-Man. Like that was his last name, (laughs) Roy Pac-Man or something. Dude, if you guys just go to Google right now and see what's on your Google. Holy shit, bro! What? It's fucking Pac-Man on there. It's Ghost. <laughs> the, the Google, the, like the Google artwork right Google now is, is Pac-Man Ghost. It's Ghost. Wait a minute now. Guys, that is some freaky ass shit right Whoa. there. Wait a minute now. And they're eating cherries. The thing that Pac-Man loves, apparently. Like he loves dots and he loves cherries. But here's that the is, thing. Pac-Man is, is his last name, right? Because Ms. Pac-Man, that's her last name. They're... Are they married or are they just related? Why would they should be Miz if they're not married? Guys, this is a opening up a whole thing of Pac-Man. Do you guys like playing Pac-Man? You guys had a Miss Pac-Man game in college, right? A, a yeah, arcade. I got, I got I got the sit-down one right here. I got I got one right oh. here. I play it all the time. We we were we had not been interviewed to be part of that group that could live in that pot at that point. So we did yeah, not live with that when he had the the uh we bought yeah, we we got together uh we got together and bought a Pac-Man game from my mom's basement. And uh now so when we go visit my mom, there's a Pac-Man down there. It's great. Oh my god. Is is that your favorite old school arcade game or is there a better one? You know me, I love Joust. I don't think I would buy a Joust cabinet though. It's pretty repetitive, like the game. It's Trying to jump on people's heads while they're riding birds. Is there a Tetris arcade game? Because that would be that would be really cool. That'd be shit. I'll tell you, if you have a Nintendo Switch, Tetris ninety nine is one of the greatest games ever invented. You play Tetris against ninety eight other people oh, to see. That's if, pretty cool. Oh, it's so good! And now I found a website where you can play group Tetris games at school. So I invite the kids to play Tetris against me. And I fucking smoke their asses every time. I said, all of you are playing for second place. And they're like, what? And then I just dropped the fucking hammer on him. Oh, God, it feels so good just to beat their ass in Tetris. They're like, I don't even know how this game works. And I'm like, bam, 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 giving them the business. I don't know, but Pac-Man, Pacmanfandom.com says, it appears that the majority of ghosts are former Pac people, but what? usually bear no resemblance to their living selves. And apparently they come in a wide variety of colors and types apart from the usual standard ghostly appearance. It says pack people. The majority of ghosts are former pack people. But why would you even say pack people? Pack man's his last name. It's not pack Ms. Pack woman. Pac-Man is his name. His name is Mr. Pac-Man, right? But you know what? Maybe their first name was Inky and Blinky. Maybe his name was Inky Pac-Man and he died and that's why he's a ghost. Holy shit. Guys, this is getting deep. Well, the fact that it's on the Google, it's on the Google art right now. It's got me creeped out. I'm going to admit that. Like what's, what's the best old school arcade game? Donkey Kong? Not as good as Pac-Man, right? Nope. Space Invaders? No. I do love Asteroids, but it's kind of, that's kind of old school. Space Invaders is close though. Space Invaders is fucking rad. You know, at the Dave and Buster's here in Times Square, they have a Pac-Man game that is 20 feet tall so that when you play it, everyone can see you playing it. It's absolutely humiliating for somebody to be like, oh, look at this dumb shit. He's getting cornered by Inky and Blinky. It's the worst. 
We might need to move it along. I'm just staring at Wikipedia articles on the Our- back coast now. We got to move it along. This is the problem with our fucking listeners. These dumb <laughs> yeah. pieces of shit. Dumbasses. They call and leave a message. No question. They don't want to bring up, oh, why isn't the show better? Guess what? It's your fucking fault, you dumb pieces of shit. Start being better fans and start asking better questions. Technically, I think that's two weeks in a row where our dumb shit listeners have called in with statements and not questions. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. Jeez. Well, what do you like? You guys are like first row of the lecture hall type people. That's not a question. It's a statement. Yeah, those exactly. are gunners. They just need to be heard. Yeah, we're we're correcting everybody. All right, let's get in. Let's end this. Let's let's end this disaster. Let's get into <laughs> rolling. Go so well with that theme song. It's, 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 Thank God your brother can stay around for this one. Everybody's up to it. It's time for rolling. Going. Rolling going. How's it going? Oh, yeah. Rolling going, Russell. How's it going with you? Things are going well. I was playing Miss Pac-Man. No, no hold on. Sorry. <laughs> so, so the other night I went to, you guys know, I love going to see new things. And I went to the History Theater the other night. Have you guys ever been to the History Theater in St. Paul before? The History oh, Theater? No, what? So the History Theater actually had a, a musical show going on and I thought I had to go see it. It was called Buddy, the Buddy Holly story. So a musical, the Buddy Holly musical. Have you guys ever, like they did the movies, I think, right, Rob? Is that, is that correct? Wait, what? They they did the movies about Buddy Holly? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, Yeah. Um, What's his name was in it? um, Gary Busey. Wasn't he Buddy Holly? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Was he really? Oh, Oh, yeah. Before he had his motorcycle accident, he lost his mind and turned into a big weirdo. So it was the musical at the, at the, the, history theater all about buddy holly so they're they're doing all the buddy holly songs it's kind of the story of how he became you know a big star and then right through the end of his life which we've talked about a numerous times before but it was actually interesting because <laughs> oh, have we uh, discussed the end of buddy holly's life i can't recall I can't remember how did he pass away <laughs> but so it was interesting like when you go to a uh, like if you go to certain concerts you you might be the 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 oldest person there. Like Matt's going to be going to Smashing Pumpkins coming up in a few weeks, and he's probably going to be right in the median age group of who's going to be yep. at a concert like that. I would think, right? There's going to be lots of local, if not moms even just around. a little bit younger than the average. I I, w- I will say this: when you've got <laughs> years hair that, when you've got hair that's as white as mine, and you go to a theater and everyone looks older than you, you're like, oh shit! And that must be a sign that you're at a Buddy Holly musical because. <laughs> I was, there were a lot of old people. It's the most old people I've seen in one location. I think in my entire life is the Buddy Holly musical at the history theater. I think it'd be nice if just next door to the history theater, they just had a graveyard. It was like, listen, we're just skipping the middleman. Everybody come on over. Just hop into one of these graves, cover you up. We're done. Hope you enjoyed the show. Time for the, like a two for one. Warm embrace of death to take you. Yes. Come on, here we go. That's the encore. It's you in a grave. Put whatever you want on the tombstone. We'll throw it in for free. It's like you get by the wheelchair row seat and then the, the tomb in, in a, a bundle. Russell sits down. He's like, this is so weird. This is the only spot in this theater that's not a wheelchair seat. I don't get what's going on here. So anyway, so the, the musical was actually really good. The, the They come out, and so they're telling the story of Buddy Holly and the crickets. And I thought I could share some of the stuff I learned about Buddy Holly because we've talked about him and his compatriots that have, I believe, as Rob put it, died in a plane crash. We've talked about wow. them a number of times, <laughs> right? As Rob put it. I prefer to say they had a smash hit. Yes. There aren't that many other ways to put it, but yeah. <laughs> 
But so I, I was curious. Uh, do you guys ever? You, do you know? So the, like the big hit he had was Peggy Sue, right? Do you, yep. didn't, do you yep. know that that was supposed to have a different name for that song before they called it Peggy Sue? Did you know that? Really? No, 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 no. Peggy Sue. Peggy Sue. The actual name for the song originally was called Cindy Lou. And they changed it because one of the guys in the crickets, one of the members of the band, was kind of, you know, trying to hook up with a lady named Peggy Sue. And he said, hey, if we change the name, it'll probably help me with this girl. They changed the name, becomes a huge hit, and he ended up marrying the girl, Peggy wow. Sue. Wow. Did you guys go. know that? That's, no, that's, that's fascinating. That reminds me of the that. time I was trying to have sex with Beck. And you guys will never believe the scheme <laughs> I came up with. <laughs> It's so crazy. It just might work. <laughs> 118 episodes later. Hey, still I've waiting. got a microphone. You want to milk me back? <laughs> so another interesting thing I learned about Buddy Holly is, you guys know the song Every Day, Rob? I think you have that. Maybe we can pull that Ooh, up. We'll get some blockage feel on there. I know it's funny, like, I didn't know this was a Buddy Holly song. I know I should know that, but I didn't know this was Buddy Holly. Welcome to Rexman. This is on the beginning of Welcome to Rexman. You guys... Yeah? Ooh, I haven't watched that show. like it? Oh, God. This okay. is such a good song. I mean, it really is. Like, this could come yeah, out now and it would be a hit, I think. A couple of the interesting things about the song. Do you know what the sound is? Do you know what that percussion sound is? Okay, let's listen. Sounds like a hand clap. No, it's is, not, is it? Like I'm not going to say what I think it is, okay? We had Let's too much of that the last episode. <sighs> I think it's him beating his little buddy. Okay, you made me say it. <laughs> it, is actually, uh, it is actually them just patting their legs, patting their jeans, because the drums were too loud for the song. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, and it was actually the producer's wife is playing some type of mini piano. That's that kind of like, it almost sounds like a kid's xylophone type thing in the background. Of Irishville. Wow, yeah. it's a mini piano. That is so interesting. God, I will say, marvelous. I think I'm suspicious, though, because at, at the end of the song, the padding the leg speeds way up, and then you can hear him breathing pretty hard for the last five <laughs> seconds or so. <laughs> and then he falls asleep really quickly, so I'm a little, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> And they were trying to get in. They were trying to get into the uh, studio, but the door was locked. And they said, "Why is the door locked?" Yeah. Oh, just uh, wait a second. Wait a second. I, uh, I I was watching TV. Oh, that's weird. The TV's off. Why is everyone lying down? To yeah. Why? This? Why does it smell like mulch in here? <laughs> I try, guys. I really try to not be like this. I I don't know what it is. So I learned all these interesting things about Buddy Holly's music, but I also learned something about him as a person. So he met his future bride, and they got engaged within five hours of meeting each other. What are your guys' oh thoughts about Whoa. someone who gets engaged Whoa. after five hours? Final really, engagement, your thoughts. Did this it work, is, though? They were still married when he died, right? But he, he died oh, Aaron, crash. come on. That's terrible. Worked. Did it work? Yeah, he got to fuck. I mean, guys, that's why he did it, right? It's the same reason I had kids get married when they were 18 from my high school. They wanted to go to the bone zone, okay? That's what Buddy Holly, okay, he was thinking about every day sliding that salami into his wife. It's what do you, it's the only reason you get married after six hours, right? Like, come on. Would it be possible for you to meet somebody and get engaged in six hours? Well, Buddy Holly did it. I think, it, I think it would for me. I think I would do something like that. That sounds like something I would go for. Just be like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Let's get married. Like, I, I want to become the mayor of Poundtown. Like, let's do this shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Russell, what about you? I mean, it's okay. 
Never mind. I'm session? not even going to ask I you, Russell. Technically, I need more than five hours. Yes. Yeah, it seems that way. <laughs> yes. Recent experience would empirical show. evidence would show that the five-hour limit has not worked for me historically. I don't know. Hey, just try it, Russell. Hey, Next day, Rob, just be like, let's get married. Who cares? Rob, but the first five girls I did propose to within five hours, it was going well up to that point. <laughs> so technically, I don't know what turned us the wrong way. I think when I think when they're getting in their car and you chase after them and say, "Oh, you forgot something," and then you get down on your knee and say, "Will you marry me?" I think that's the problem is that they're sitting in their car when you propose to them. They can easily at least drive the away. first couple gave me the ring back so I could repurpose it. Right. The other thing that was really cool about this show is so they had an amazing lineup of music, and it included um, the final concert that they that uh, Buddy Holly performed with Richie Valens and the Big Bopper. So the, the Big Bopper, Bopper was in in the show. Richie Valens was in the show. Maybe we could pull up La Bamba. Like they played this and it rocked the whole the whole crowd was going nuts for it. Oh yes. What's the percussion to this one? I don't know that. They only said one interesting thing about about, yeah. about Richie Valens and it just made everyone sad, so I'm not gonna repeat it. <laughs> Russell Russell at the end was like Hey, I have some questions for the people that put on the play, and they're like, "Sir, you've you've already asked twenty questions detailed about different percussion that was in the song. We we can't keep going like this." Well, I will say, when the big bopper came out, I was definitely louder than most of the old folks in the building because it was big bopper time, baby. Like, you know, I was super into it. Like I was doing Rob's. <laughs> yes, baby. This is the big bopper, baby. You want me to what? <laughs> and he came out and he did the whole bit. You guys would have loved it. Yes. Now you gotta admit, right? If you go to this last concert and you see Buddy Holly hit after hit, Richie Valens bringing it with the guitar, and then this, put it in my face. I mean, this is so far below those other songs. How the Big Bopper got onto that flight is absolutely beyond me. The big bopper was really good at this show, but I will say, Rob, I, I have to, I, th- this is where I got really tripped up with the big bopper. He came out and they, they've got a phone for him because it rings, you know, at the beginning of Chantilly Lace. Oh yeah. And so I'm sitting there and I'm getting excited. I'm, I'm sitting there with a theater goer next to me and I'm like, let it ring twice. Cause we always <laughs> let it ring twice. I'm, I'm audibly saying this out loud in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Let it ring twice, bopper, baby. You know what? It only rang once. And I immediately looked to the the person next to me. I say, what the fuck? It's supposed to ring twice. Rob, maybe we could pull it back to the beginning. I'm wondering if we're doing something wrong. I wonder if there's one ring or two rings at the beginning of this big bopper. Our brains are broken. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Is this podcast Beck did it better historically accurate? Let's find out. Are we built on a lie? Hello, baby. Rig. Oh, no. Every time we've called the bopper before, I've been told there needs to be two rigs to talk to the bopper. It turns out, you sweet thing, you only need to let it ring once. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, that doesn't even sound like a phone to me. That sounds like somebody. I mean, listen to this. It sounds like somebody's going into a store, right? This sounds like you're going into a drugstore. You know what I mean? Like, hey, baby, hey, baby, it's me. It's the big bopper. I'm in Dwayne Reed, and I'm looking for peanut M&Ms, baby, and some <laughs> condoms, but they're under glass, baby, so I got to get some help. I need some deodorant and some condoms. Don't even ask what's going on tonight, I think. Oh, now, wait a minute. Picking now, up this- what? Hello, is this the bopper? This is interesting. <laughs> Two rings. No, it's only one ring. Hey, baby. Folks. 
I gotta tell you, Big Bopper wants to come in and give you a little message about why I use two rings. I'll tell you what, I gave one ring to my wife after six hours because I wanted to be the mayor of Pound Town so bad, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the other ring. Do you know what that other ring was for, baby? What was the other ring, Bopper? Shit, I thought I'd have a joke ready by now, and I Probably don't. Probably oh, like a bitch. fire around that airplane that went down in Cedar Falls. Clearly. Clearly. Clearly, yeah. It's, as I mentioned before, this is a memorial where it's the big bopper, and he's on the ground. It's actually just a chalk outline, but it's real big in the middle. He's like this. I'm doing Rob's it. Doing I'm it doing some sort of pose on the face. Listen, this is all getting I, cut I will out say this: the show was joke. really good. Besides me getting like overly excited about the big bumper baby and like audibly yelling it when he came out there, but the show was really good. But they did a very good job at the end of they kind of showed the final concert and then the lights went dark and they said and then they talked about the the plane crash for a minute mm-hmm. and then they said the rest of this concert the rest of the show will be rock and roll and they just came back and played like three amazing rock songs. It was a great way to end the show, but they did a fantastic job. The history theater in St. Paul, I'd highly recommend it. This is good rock and roll music. Russell. Oh, yeah, this is so good rock and roll right there. Well, actually I believe they ended with a Chuck Berry song, Rob. Oh, Oh my God. Hey, oh, it no. might, su- it might surprise you guys, but Jerry Lee Lewis died uh, this week and it was on Twitter. It might surprise you. I was deep into the Twitter uh, replies saying nasty things about Jared Lee Lewis, reminding everybody what a piece of shit that guy was. So that might surprise you. I, yeah, I, I was. I didn't know he was still alive. That was a new. Yeah, movie. I was. I was back to my old. Uh, back to my old games again. Russell, that's unbelievable that you went to a show starring the Big Bopper. It makes me laugh oh, so hard just thinking about the this. The, the, the final song that they ended after they they went through the plane crash, which part of me I couldn't think but of anything but Rob when they talked about the plane crash. <laughs> but they did end with the last two songs were Rave On, and then the final song was Johnny Be Good is what they ended the show with. Fantastic uh, oh show. Oh, my God. Rave On, it's crazy the- feeling in it. I still, every time I open up our Google Drive and I see the Chuck Berry Mediocre 28, I laugh out loud. Every time I see that, that's how it's labeled. It's so good. Matt, rolling going. How's it going with you? Uh, Good. Uh, Just one thing. Wikipedia says that his wife is still alive. She's 89 years old. Living in San Juan, Puerto Rico. How about that? Buddy Holly's wife? Carry over jokes, but is she local? Oh, no. (laughs) She's not (laughs) local. She lives in Puerto Rico. Wow. Not local. So um, we should write a book about her, man. That'd be fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be interesting. What, uh, what is she, she like it, to fuck Buddy Holly? I don't hmm. That's not the part I was thinking I think about. It, hmm. it, maybe you could change it to what was it like to get engaged to Buddy Holly in five hours? Hmm. I think it would sound something like this. I might have to go back to the the bad day with all the real old people a couple days so I can. I wish I wish our listeners could see Rob's face when he does these things. Like you've never seen a happier person in your life. Never seen anyone more self satisfied than when he comes up with something like this. What's that percussion I hear in the back? Sorry, he says at the end. That's so, that is so real. Sorry. 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 
I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> I uh, I went to a neighborhood Halloween party today. Nice. I did too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it was a great one. Neighbors across Ooh. the street. Chad and Becky had an awesome Halloween party. Uh, costumes. Everybody was was supposed to wear costumes. Everybody oh, you know, no. had the opportunity oh, to wear costumes. Did you dress up like a referee? What was your costume? <laughs> I went as a 41-year-old father of two oh. living in southwest Minneapolis. <laughs> you knew it was coming, but I had to do it. Yeah. I... I try not to be negative because I don't want to be negative for the kids, right? But like, God damn it. Am I going to dress up for Halloween and like actually spend any more than one second of my life to think of a costume and then have to go do, like, no, no, no you're I'm not, not. going to do it. I'm just no. not going to do it. I no. don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm too old to be worrying about what my costume is. So, oh, can I just recommend one thing, man? I want to show you the costume I've had for the last five years and it's, it's just fantastic. Look at this. Rob got up and walked away. You thought I was going to come back into frame with no clothes on. I know that's what you guys thought was going to happen because <laughs> yes, I thought about 100%. it. But let me just put this on real quick. I'm oh, going to show God. you guys. I oh, wore this no. today when I was announcing the powerlifting meet. I think it's a perfect thing, man. It's light. It fits right over. You can take it on and off. And everybody knows what this costume is. Check us out. It's putting on something that looks kind of like a... Once again, another visual joke. Slice of pizza? He's a big slice of pizza, it looks like. He is like. a slice of pizza. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a piece of pizza that with the head sticking out of the end of it. It's a slice of pizza. And when I wore it today, everybody said to me, and these are total strangers, hey, great costume, to which I replied, it's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> which puts them in a very awkward spot because they instantly think I'm a moron and they go, yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah. This is actually the only Amazon review I've ever left is on this costume. And I just wrote, it's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed it was a triangle cut, not a party cut, as Aaron calls it, not the square cut. It's a yeah. triangle. Yeah. You got to have you got to have the crust. A square pizza costume would make zero sense. Nobody would get it <laughs> at all. I got to take yeah. this off. It's too hot. Matt, you're right. Matt, These you costumes suck. Any, was everyone else wearing costumes or old? Was uh, the- there was two other dads. I, there was probably, I don't know, let's say somewhere between 25 and 30 parents there. And there was th- two other dads. So there's three of us of that did not. Yeah. It, and then there's, I mean, you know, probably just as many. There's a were, ton of kids. Were there some local moms there too, maybe? There was a few local moms. Hmm, there's a few local moms. <laughs> Drive my yeah. truck by. Oh. And so the... I wasn't alone, but it kind of gave, you know, the old beer nod to the guy who didn't have a, uh, who didn't have a, a costume on either. Said, Hey, how are you doing? You know, he's about the only one I said hi to. So, Two of them together. Yeah. So that was it. But I, I don't know. I mean, Russell, are you a dress up at Halloween guy? I know we've talked about this in the past, but are you still a dress up at Halloween no, guy? No, I'm, I'm really not a dress up at, at Halloween, but if I knew I was going to a party where people were dressing up, I would probably try to do, I would either do it or I would find a way not to go. So I, I wouldn't, I probably couldn't be, I wouldn't go otherwise. I would probably yeah. figure out something, but. Now the hosts had a great, I mean, they're, they're always, they've got the four kids and you know, kids go over there a lot, play with their kids. So they, they were uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Oh, and nice. so they were in their They were in like white pajamas sure. and it was a pretty darn good. That's that was good. a pretty darn good That's costume. Good. So speaking of Halloween costumes, when I was out in St. Paul for the, the, 
the Buddy Holly show, the Big Bopper Baby. <laughs> I there were people out, and this was more than a week before Halloween. So the weekend, so we're at a weekend at right before Halloween. They were out like nine days before Halloween. People wearing costumes. I thought that was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yep. Like how yeah. can you? How, you're, how are you celebrating Halloween more than a week before? I get the weekend before, two weekends before. Bullshit. Yeah. How about this one for you? Yeah, Some people week. I work with were heading. Back to their college over in Milwaukee, and hang out with some friends and stuff like that. And then go hang out in Milwaukee. Go down to apparently it's a big, it's a big uh, Halloween party over there. Maybe it's Madison, one of those two. But I know Madison is a huge one. Yeah, they brought. They were all going to be cows on Friday, but then mm-hmm. they brought a second costume because oh. they didn't want to have the same costume for Friday. So for Saturday, so now they're all then they're all crayons on Saturday. Like now that seems ridiculous. You know, like a box of crayons, you guys. You guys are no fun. You just need to have a box of costumes that you wear. I mean, you just break out the same costumes every year. Get some good costumes. Let it ride. You've got like an 800 foot square apartment in New York. And part of that goes to like a, a, a closet full of costumes. It, the costume bin is the same size as all of our Christmas decorations. That's how big our costume bin is. It's huge. It's got the horse head in it. So my- you hate. So you hate Christmas. That's what you're saying. You dedicate just as much space to Halloween costumes. as I think Halloween is a superior holiday to Christmas. Yes, I do think that. I 100% think that. And I'm telling you what, my kids are at the age now where my wife and I are in this glorious time. We can do dirty costumes and everyone thinks it's funny. Last year, we went to a party over at somebody's house where my wife was dressed as an outlet and I was dressed as a plug. Guys, it's so perfect until there's young kids at the party and they keep grabbing your plug parts and it makes you feel extraordinarily (laughs) uncomfortable. Although today I will say I was riding the subway and everyone in New York City was out in their costumes going to various parties. Whoa, it was a great time to ride the subway. I'll just put it that way. It was unbelievable. I was that creepy guy on the subway looking around. It was awesome. And my wife came out to me. And said, hey, I should start wearing costumes like this. And she showed like a super sexy costume. And I was like, yes, you should have been doing this the whole time. I have been saying this for years. You are racked and stacked. You need to be wearing degrading, sexy costumes now, please. Instead of me as a plug, I want to see you looking hot. Like, let's do it. What do you guys think? Is Are your wives I'm hot really enough to wear Matt's hot really costumes? Aaron, do you want your wife wearing a degrading costume? Yes or no? Why do you got to throw the degrading word in there? <laughs> Once again, I'm really enjoying Matt's rolling going. Yeah, I love sexy costumes on my wife. That'd be great. Oh, if you want to degrade your wife sick. Did you ever do the, your costume for the fundraiser or not? No, that's next weekend. So I still have to figure that out. We're leaning after we're leaning Halloween. Down. Yoko Ono. Yes. Yeah. And Yoko. Yeah. It's, it's after Halloween. Oh, that might be even worse than being two weeks before, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Mean, this was a work costume okay, after I've got, Halloween. I've got two ideas for you a pilgrim. <laughs> or a priest go as a priest just dress up like a priest go for it oh, I, I would never uh, I couldn't help myself from making terrible it's so good as a priest oh, Matt did God. they have any bobbing for apples or candy corn or what else did they have at the party other than costumes for some no, people no I mean it was kind of a potluck everybody brought something so it was, it was nice there was, we, I don't know if we had any they didn't have any games like that so it was just a straight up kids running around playing on their trampoline and hide and seek and all that good stuff. So it was a Man. good time. It was, it's good to hang out with yep. the neighbors every so, once in so a while. So I got to say, I'm not a parent. So uh, a party with like 30 adults, there's got to be like 30, 40 kids. Like how many kids are at this? This seems like overwhelming to <laughs> me. Like I, there's no way I could deal with that. 
there was 20 parents. I was trying to rethink that. And somewhere between 30 and 35 kids. Oh, my like, God. Look at Russell. It's like, yeah. hey, I would love to sign up to go hang out in two kindergarten classes. This would be a great yeah, old terrifying. time. Hey, look at look at that man over there. He's dressed as somebody who's eating a whole bottle of pills at one time. <laughs> <laughs> Rosie rolling going. How's it going with you? Man, it's going good. He's, Russell's like, I'd love to come to the party. I'm on the way to the gym again. Goodbye. <laughs> and if you don't yeah, know what I'm talking about, go fuck yourself. Quick addendum to Matt's rolling going. I, I also went to I went to a Halloween party party this evening, and then uh, earlier today we went on the the, pol- the Halloween parade on Piedmont Avenue, and I did see a costume that I thought Matt would enjoy, which was a wearable Stay Puff Marshmallow Man costume that is itself inflatable. So I thought Matt, yeah, if you ever do, cool. that's pretty good. If you're ever going to wear a costume, like wearing an inflatable, seems like that would be that would there's, be the right there's thing. There's some pretty good. You. The other one, my wife saw. Uh, so Sarah saw, maybe Leo saw it when he was looking for his present. It was just a yellow shirt that says, pretend I'm a banana. And I thought that would be a pretty good one. <laughs> that's just, good. I like that. That's be a good one. Guys, I I've like got that. an inflatable ostrich costume in the bin right now. We can we get the hang. You guys can come over. Matt's in the inflatable ostrich costume. Russ is the pizza. I could dress up like a plug. Rosie's a outlet. This would be perfect. Wait, Aaron mentioned the like stain puff marshmallow man. I, I don't know if we've ever talked to I know we talked about this guy once because I think we talked about him in the Michael Jackson episode. It was oh. a, is it Ray Parker? Roy Parker? Who yeah, Ray, Ray, the Ghostbusters? Yeah, Ray Parker. Excuse Jr., me. Yeah. Ray Parker is my dad. I'm Ray Parker Jr. Ray Parker Jr. Actually, if anyone's ever looking for a great karaoke song, write this down. The Ghostbusters song at karaoke no. is a fantastic no. karaoke hit. Yeah. It's so easy and people down. love singing with it. So we're bringing it back. It's a, it didn't make Rob's Halloween slash it. scary list, but the <laughs> Ghostbusters song is a killer, killer, killer. I saw a lot of Ghostbusters costumes today, but really how it's really going with me is uh, we went to Kansas City for a wedding last weekend. Uh, so a couple things about the wedding. Um, beautiful time. It was it was one of our listeners who got married. They're now in Italy on their honeymoon. Props to them for having a beautiful night. They served steak and chicken at their wedding. You didn't have to choose. Nice. They just put them both nice. in your plate. Wow. Nice. Right? That turf was and turf. Yes. And then on the way home in the Denver, we had to fly through Denver because we drove to Iowa and then flew from Des Moines. I think I had the best meal of my life in the Denver airport. I'm like, we, oh boy. We sat down. We ended up at the Coors Silver Bullet Bar. Of course. Wallace, like, miraculously focused on his chicken strips and ate them. I ate a spicy chicken sandwich that was really pretty good, uninterrupted. And I had a veggie burger. I had time for a Coors banquet on draft, plus a little bit of whiskey. Banquet. Everyone enjoyed it. It might have been the best meal of my life. Like in so, in the Denver airport, I'm just so I was it's more shocked. about experience than it is the food. I mean, the the sandwich was legitimately good. Like this was a good sando. But yes, it was it was the experience that really did it for me. So yeah, that was that was it. Uh, and if we got time, I got to ask you guys. I got I need some advice. So I think this I think this episode is probably coming out the week of Thanksgiving. We realized this week we are hosting two families on Thanksgiving. So we're going to be here in Oakland. We have some other <laughs> Oakland friends who are not. We're hosting two families. On, you guys, what does this that even is my mean? Super Bowl. Like we're hosting a Thanksgiving dinner, right? This is my Super yep. Bowl. Yep. So first of all, I got to start wine shopping right the fuck now. Like I got to yep. get yep. the right wine. I'm not worried about the menu. We're going to do potluck kind of style. Make sure we'll you have sausage and the stuffing. Yep. Yeah. All of that. Oh, what do I do for no. a playlist? What have we done? I know. I know we've done some Thanksgiving joke yes. lists, but the, 
What do I play for a Thanksgiving meal though? Like what do I, like what music do I put on? I need to put on a good like this is my home. I'm hosting a Thanksgiving. I got to come with it with the playlist. What what needs to be on there? I swear to god we did this exact bit last year where we made a This Thanksgiving isn't a bit. This is real life. This is real life advice <laughs> I need. Nora Jones. Oh, I like that. Uh, there we go. A little uh Neil Young. Yeah. Um, maybe it, come back with a little Steve Winwood. Americana. It has to, it has to be little, people, yep. Aaron, like maybe a little Brandy Carlisle in there. Oh, so there some Brandy Carlisle. Lucinda yeah. Williams. Anything Lucinda you're Williams. uncertain yep. if people have not heard of, those that are in your mind right now where you're like, I don't know if people like if Russ hasn't heard of it, it's need, it needs to be out. Like Throw you can't out. you can't drop a what, what was the dog song from Slobberbone? I'm putting Slobberbone front and center, right? When dinner's on the table, it's <laughs> gonna be Slobberbone just for you guys. I think so. Are you gonna play records, Aaron, or what are you gonna do? Are you gonna hook up no. your Bose speaker? Or what are you gonna do? No, I'll, I'll make a playlist or just play the jazz radio station if I don't have time. No, I'm not gonna play records. That's too like I can't be like getting up. Plus, like if your hands have you know gravy on them, you can't like you gotta wash them and flip the record over. Like that's it's not the right time for playing records. So, Aaron, are the people that are coming? So initially, I got confused. You said two families, and I was like. You're bringing your family and your wife's family, but you're saying these are like two sets of friends. friends. Do, yeah, yeah, do they know friends. each other or, yes. or not? Yeah, not very well, but they do know each other. But oh. no, it's one of those like, oh, you know, everyone's families live outside of Oakland. We happen to be here. Let's all get together to a friend's, a friend's Thanksgiving thing. Admittedly, Aaron, I think you, you can pull it off because you guys are social enough. You've got it in you. But for me, like the idea of going to someone's house on Thanksgiving – and then, like being with people that I don't know very well, is sounds horrible. I could never do it. Unbelievable. Yeah, can't believe you'd say that, Russell. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> would you and after doing you, that, Rob? No, I mean, how 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 nice would one Thanksgiving be without anything? Just to watch three games of football, like we're in Vegas or something like that. I don't know. We, we've done. I've done two or three Thanksgivings for so long that just you know, just one, just take a vacation somewhere. I don't know. That'd be, oh, it'd be super nice. I mean, we do a big meal, but I love making the stuffing. I love making the gravy, but we have kind of cut it down to just what we like. Nobody in the family eats dark meat. We just cook a turkey breast. We don't do okay. a whole turkey. You yeah. know, we invite one or two people over to have Thanksgiving with us. That's it. We don't need to have a big thing and we can't because we don't have enough space, but you, you just do what you want now. Well, that, I mean, we're the opposite now because we, we typically have done it just the three of us or just the two of us before. So this is... Uh, and sometimes a friend will invite us over, sometimes not. So, yeah. I think you could replace that wine. Couldn't you replace it with like a whiskey? Couldn't you get a whiskey bitters buffet bar set up and have people make their own drinks that way? I think that's the way to go. Sure. I yeah. think you need to have a couple of games on deck, Aaron, in case things slow down. But you need to, I think, but because you know what's going to happen is that the, the parents and the kids, eventually the conversation is going to run out. You got to have something to do. Well, the kids know, are going to go nuts. I mean, the kids are going to go nuts. So we'll 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 figure it out. But I I really needed some advice on the music, so I appreciate you guys. So what kind of wine are you going to get? I mean, light light reds, high acid. I mean, we'll do some Beaujolais for sure, and maybe some Gamay, and then uh, something sparkling probably. That that's the other question is like it's it's nice to get a Magnum for an event like this, but then everybody's drinking oh, the same well, thing. No. And so if you want to like you know if you want to like have some variety, you can't, you can't do a Mag. You can't say high acid and magnum in the same <laughs> sentence here on the podcast and not think we're going to say something. Okay. It's fun to pour one out of a magnum. It feels like a party, but it's only oh, okay. six adults. It's not like, you know, and they all oh, got to drive home. So it's not like we can really get rowdy. Anyway, how's it, how's it really going with Rod this week? 
I've got a mystery, guys, and I know you can't solve it, but I got to tell you what's going on. Russell's going to hate this story. Oh. So I, I leave work on Friday. I am walking out with a coworker. I was sitting at my desk, facing forward. I, had, I, I, I hadn't done anything. Put on my jacket, right? It's a zip-up jacket. It's pretty cool. I'm walking out. I'm walking through the streets of Manhattan with this person that I work with. And I kind of open my jacket because I'm getting hot. And I feel like it just feels weird. Like there's something wrong, right? So I'm talking to this person. I'm talking to this female coworker of mine. And I look down and on my shirt, on my chest, on the right side, is a giant glob of something brown. Oh, no. And I would say it's about the size of my hand and it's just on this shirt. Oh, what? And I'm like, what the fuck? What is this? It can't be what I think it is. It just can't. (laughs) So I immediately fumble with the zipper. I zip my jacket back up because I don't know what to do. This is somebody I work with every day. They cannot see the mystery brown glob. But now she's talking to me and all I'm thinking is, how long has this glob been on this shirt? (laughs) Have I been teaching all day with a giant brown glob on my shirt? And I think to myself, there's no way. Because there's one thing middle schoolers will do is point out if you have a giant brown glob on your shirt, they would bring that up immediately. But I'm thinking, where would I have gotten a giant brown glob? Like, Was I eating something? Was Was there caramel? Was there... Some sort of brown ice cream? Milk duds? Did you spill some milk duds on your I'm telling you, (laughs) we part ways at the subway station. I take a risk. Then you you got to kind of put your finger in it or something, I open up my jacket and I look and I put my hand in it. It was poo. I don't know where it came from. I'll just say when I went home, I did a full (laughs) investigation. A it's going to be the dog, right? Down. Oh. What, what dog? I'm at work. There's no dog at work. Well, but then you have a dog that could have crafted like a sweatshirt before you took off in the morning? You think it was in my jacket? But that's the thing. There was none on the jacket. It, I thought it got transferred from the jacket. It wasn't. I don't know where this came from. Okay? I'm just... I, I Listen, I know what you're thinking. I hadn't used the bathroom for hours. I, I honestly think this is poo that dropped on me from out of the sky. I can't imagine where else this came from, where it hit me. Do you guys you have any, it. I didn't feel, I just sensed something was wrong. It was did like the sixth sense, but like, it's for having poo on your shirt. Did you poop during the day? Is there any way that you somehow well, flung, I'm sure I did. poop onto yourself I'm while sh- you're pooping? I'm just going to say this way. I'm sure I did. But if you would take some evidence from that incident and put it on the shirt, it's not the same. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> you, you, you've, got, you've got 42 years of experience there, and that's yes. never ended up up there. It's so bizarre, but there's no doubt that that's what it was. It was poo. I swear, I think. Not on the sweatshirt, only on the, only on the, the inner shirt. On the shirt, and I didn't notice until I unzipped. I don't know. I mean, because I was in the office talking to coworkers, like walking around. I don't know where the poo came from, and I don't have anybody else in my life that I can well, say this story to. So do you have students in the room? No. I, that's Never. The thing. Not the whole day, there's no students in the room. No, but they would have said something because it was just on my shirt. No, they, no, they no, 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 no. Is there any way like some student 
would have kind of played a trick on you or something? No, 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 no. What? No, they love me. They think I'm great. They call me Mr. Mr. Smells Like Poo as a cute nickname they give me. <laughs> that answer sounds like the guy of someone who would have had like poo thrown at him by a student. <laughs> no, because so they would I, never. So if it were me, I would throw the shirt away. Did you throw it in the wash or did you just throw it away? Like if it were Listen, me, I would just throw the shirt away. This is a nice shirt. This is from harddaddy.com. It's one of my <laughs> nicer shirts that I have. Yeah, we wear it. I did. I took it out. I washed it. Who cares? Guys, did you did you tell your family, or is this like you haven't told anyone? No, I haven't. I'm never going to tell anybody else ever. I mean, nobody in my family listens to a podcast, so I'm set. Nobody's going to hear this. What I mean, what are the other realistic options? Like, it's not a bird, right? Is it like maybe someone no. like a unhoused person on the street of New York that might have just thrown something on you? But it could hit me, and I wouldn't notice. I and it was under my jacket. I took off my jacket, and it was there. That's the thing. This is like. It's interdimensional. I don't get where it came from. I, I haven't been able to think about anything else all weekend. Is this what we stayed up till 121 in the central Let's time? Let's get for? into the album. I don't know. There's no pause? answers. I honestly might go into the priesthood after this. Like, this might push me into there. I think this is like a, a sign. I mean, I could have done my King segment again if you guys really wanted me to, but I, I thought this is a good story. I don't know. I'd, I'd much prefer we go back to the video breakdown. <laughs> no, that's for when we don't get voicemails next week. Oh, and I've got I've got two of those set up. Don't worry. Listen, we are talking about Hotel California by the Eagles. Is it the Eagles? Nope, right? Eagles. But that's just the Eagles. On, just Eagles. Yeah, on the streaming services, it just says Eagles, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's stick to that. Let's stick to that convention for the podcast. It's going to be tough. It's hard we to are do. talking it's about hard to do. Take two. We are talking about the Hotel California by Eagles. That sounds good. I like that. Uh, so this album coming out in 1976. This is actually the Eagles. This is actually Eagles' fifth album. Fifth album, but it's their first one with their new guitarist, Joe Walsh. And it's the last one with their bass player, Randy Messner, who was the Messner, right? What'd you say? Aaron, Matt, does anyone know? Trying to help Rob with the Raymond Usher moment here. I'm not sure. I don't know anything about Eagles. I don't say it's a Raymond Usher moment. That makes me sound dumb. (laughs) Like a guy who gets poop on his shirt and he doesn't even know where it came from. Uh, but I'm mean, seriously, if that happened to you on your shirt, wouldn't you be disturbed by it? Like, wouldn't you be yes, thinking about all the shirt away? Yes. <laughs> well, let's not go that far. It was a really nice shirt. And it actually was hard. To, the, the order took a long time. This is the last with Randy Messner, the bass player who is the high voice. I pronouncing this right. We're going to get spoke to for not. I think it's Meisner. I, I would go with Meisner. Okay. Yeah, I, think it's Randy, Randy, I think it's Meisner. <laughs> Guys, who the fuck cares? It's, it's, we're talking about Eagles. Nobody cares. Uh, this is the high voice bass player who ironically played the bass down here, but his voice was up here. Dang it. Uh, he was, to yeah, he's saying take it to the limit. Um, this album when it came out was an instant critical success. Everybody thought it was absolutely fantastic. In fact, it was nominated for album of the year, but it lost to another album on our list. Rumors by Fleetwood oh. Mac. Whoa. Same pretty year. good year. 
Wow. Part of it is that coming out in 1976, the theme of this album was kind of America, capitalism in general, and more specifically, what it was like to live in California at that time. So Eagles band members are living out in California, living the fast life. And this whole song, this whole album is about excess of Eagles. God, this is so hard. Um, Originally, I just want to blow your mind with this real quick. Originally, this album was 37th on the Rolling Stones first list. 37th as the best album of all time. Who was correct? The first time or the second time or not at all? You be the judge as we listen to Eagles Hotel California. It looks like you can still say the Eagles. It's just not capitalized. It's, you know, we're listening to the Eagles, but I'm not an English major. So mm-hmm. I don't but know. But it's not the, oh, but the band is not the Eagles. Yeah. It's just <sighs> Eagles. Okay. So we're listening Eagles. to the Eagles. And Aaron, <laughs> we've got something I know you like. This is one of the oh. biggest songs of all time. And I would say this. It's a big titular track. This Hotel is the biggest California. titular track we've heard. We actually talked about this titular track once before. It was on the Elton John episode. Oh, wow. Uh, Yellow Brick Road, we talked about the best titular no, just, track. Just a couple weeks ago. Really? We did. The best. I can only imagine the jokes we made so long ago about the best titular tracks. Funny, there weren't any jokes in that episode. I don't know if that's a snare or a tom or what, but that little bump, bump, like that's that's the best sound on the album to me. Like when you hear that, like that double tap on the drums, you're like, "Cool, let's go." Can we just get this out of the way? We need to just get this out of the way right now. Aaron has ripped the Eagles before. I think it's a perfectly enjoyable album. I'm not saying I love it, but Aaron, you've ripped it before. What's your problem with the Eagles? You know, I thought about that a lot this week um, when I listened to the album one time, which is that um, I just, they're so everywhere, so ubiquitous, and the music is just okay. It's fine. Like, I actually put this album on, and I was like, oh, this is nice. It's fine, but that's it. It's just fine. But it does feel to me, and I'll be interested in Matt's thoughts if he's able to stay awake, it feels to me like one of Matt's criticisms about, about music where this was just clearly like, let's just put everything that's going on on the radio right now into one album because we were trying to sell a lot of records. Or is this the album that caused the radio to sound like this? Well, I don't know. I, that's a good question. That's a very good question. And then who decides who decides? It's like what came first, the chicken or the egg or the T-shirt or the shit stain on the T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the bottom line is nobody's ever going to hear this episode because I think the Eagles are one of the most hateable bands in the U.S., right? Like, Why? I don't I, understand why. When I told they're people, popular? Or, I don't get why. Listen, yeah, when I told so people popular. we were doing two albums, Kanye West and the Eagles, they both got equal responses, but for very different reasons. Like, People do not like the Eagles. And in fact, the one person I talked to who did like the Eagles, they're like, oh, I like the Eagles. And I said, really, you like the whole album, Hotel California? They're like, no, I just like the one song. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I, it's, I don't know. I just, I, it, isn't it corny to you, Russell? I don't know. Maybe it's just everybody hating the Eagles. And I, you know it me, is, I've got it a is small corny, brain. But I, Matt always does a great job of like putting things in perspective. It is corny. Like it feels very corny compared to the the Kanye album we just listened to, but like if you were to go back and put this in like, what is it? 77 or what's the year? 76. Yeah. I I don't know. I like, I don't know what my ranking is going to be on it yet, but I I think, I think, I think people just take shots at it because it's like the, the big dog that's easy to take shots at because they've sold so many albums. I I don't, I don't get the hate. I I didn't hate listening to it, but I will never listen to it again. It just, it doesn't. Yeah. It's like, 
it was on. It was fine. I kind of enjoyed some moments, but Hotel California is a it's a banger. It's a it's a you know all the words, you know all the guitar solos. I don't know if we're going to say the same thing when we get down to wasted time reprise. You know what I mean? Like the the, yeah. the back half of this album is, I think it's. I, I don't. I mean, I don't really dig on Don Henley's voice. Like I, yeah. I could do without it. Very tight band, though. You love his percussion. He's playing the drums and singing back there. I, the I was going to ask you guys: Do you guys generally dance to remember, or do you dance to? Is it regret or forget? I think forget. I dance to remember all the time. You dance to remember. I'm a big dance to remember. Dance, 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 dance. It's honestly some of the most fun times I've had, like with my family, is just dancing at a wedding. I love it. Next up, we have a new kid in town. Johnny come lately. This sounds like Steely Dan, but not, not as good as Steely Dan. Yes, that's a good call. I like that. Though. I like that comparison. Interesting. And you know what else is interesting, Russell? It's interesting you would say that because what's interesting is that this won a Grammy. But it's a Grammy that doesn't exist anymore. What for? This won a Grammy for Best Arrangement for Voices. And I was surprised when I read that. I kind of went down. This might surprise you, but I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Uh And that's why Best (laughs) Vocal Arrangements is this week's list. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm I'm into this. Best Vocal Arrangements. And this is going to get complicated. So I got to pull up a web page to keep track of this. There's no chance we'll get lost trying to follow this. Best Vocal Arrangement, later called Best Vocal Arrangement for Two or More Voices, was an award Grammy that started a Grammy Award that started in nineteen in nineteen seventy-seven. Okay. And it ended in nineteen eighty-six. We've got multiple yards. So, you know, no, don't say that. We've got nine years of this award, and the winners of this award are absolutely crazy. Now, first off, in nineteen seventy-seven, okay, the song that you should think of every time when I say best vocal arrangement. With the Starland Vocal Band, Afternoon Delight. Oh, yes. Love it. One of the best songs about deep dicking in the afternoon, I think. That's a, actually, that's a wild arrangement. I can't figure out what the melody is there. I, I can see Aaron playing this song in his record player while he's packing up his metal box for a hike out in the woods. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how I would sing along with it. It's pretty complex. How you would sing along with this? Haven't you, what, haven't you seen uh, <laughs> yes, Anchorman? Yes, Anchorman, yes. Now, what's crazy is that one of the bands, one of the songs that beat in 1977 for that Grammy Award, let's see if you guys know this song. This was nominated but did not win. Whoa! Wow! How could you not? How does that come not? You right? Can you imagine that you're queen and you're like, "Wow, I can't wait to win a Grammy," and it's like, "Nope, Starland Vocal Band." And you're like, Shit. especially for such a weird award. It's like, well, we couldn't win for anything else, but maybe vocal arranging, we might get it. And right. it's like, like nope. this is their entire like. Instead, we lost to Eagles. They're like the bird. No, the band. Yeah. No. <laughs> You're like, you mean the Eagles? They're like, no, Eagles. No, Eagles. I want to put something into your tickler file. I want you to store this away for a little bit later. Mm-hmm. One of the other bands beat in 1977 was a band called Singers Unlimited. Singers Unlimited. Now, keep that in mind. We're going to get back to that. In 1979, so the Eagles, so Starland Vocal Band wins in 77. <laughs> Eagles win for New Kid in Town in 78. 
when their album came out in 76. Don't know how that works. Doesn't matter. In 1979, <laughs> the band that won best vocal arrangement for two or more voices. See if you can recognize this one. Oh, the Bee Gees. If I remember right, Matt, Matt didn't like this one, if I remember when we listened to it on the original run through the list, right? Nope. But what do you think of that vocal arrangement? You know, to be fair, there was a documentary out on, uh, I think, HBO about the Bee Gees, about the Gibb Brothers. Changes a lot of things when you kind of get their backstory. Yeah. Just plucking it out. You know, there's also one about the Eagles. That's, again, pretty darn good, talking about when Joe Walsh comes in and everything and how they've changed everything. So, I don't know. It's it's almost like it's almost like it should be a rule in life that, you know, maybe just reserve your opinions so you have the full story sometimes. I don't That's know. the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> All right, moving on. And here's what's crazy about that, right? That's from Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, which is the... That is the ninth best-selling album of all time. Do you know what the fifth and sixth best-selling albums of all time are? The Eagles Eagles Greatest Hits hits and Hotel California. The album we're doing right now is the sixth highest album of all time. But we don't care about that right now. Because what we care about is the Grammy Award for Best Vocals. Now, one of the band that the Bee Gees beat in 1979, and I want you just to put this in your tickler file a little bit, is a band called Singers Unlimited. Singers Unlimited got beat once again in 1979. Rob, if you say tickler file again, I'm going to have to turn my camera off. I'm calling you. (laughs) By the Bee Gees. They were beat by the Bee Gees. Now, all of a sudden, we hit what is basically the Michael Jordan of vocal arrangements for two or more voices. Let's hear it. The most dominant band in the history of the Grammy Awards for best vocal arrangement for two or more voices. Get ready for Manhattan Transfer, winning in 1981 <laughs> for the song Birdland. Down on 52nd Literally a song about the Birdland Jazz Club. What the hell is this? I hope you like the Manhattan Transfer because we're going to listen to about four more of their songs. Why got rid of the award? Like, if this is who we're like, hey, this, this group needs an award. No. The reason this award doesn't exist anymore is Manhattan Transfer. They dominated. They literally were like Shaq playing against preschool kids. So just wait. They're, they're like the Joey Chestnut. Remember that guy who was in the roots yes. who won all the hot dog eating contests? Like, they should just shut that shit down. He's won so many in a row. Manhattan what? Transfer is a four-person jazz vocal group. Every song sounds just like that. And guys, I just want you to put this in a tickler file for me. Guess what band Manhattan Transfer beat in 1981? Was it Singers Unlimited? Singers Unlimited. <laughs> See if you can guess. First person to guess this song wins. Don't look at my screen. Ooh, some, oh, that sounds like Herbie, Herbie Man. Herbie the way, Man? I looked it up. It's not Herbie Man. I did look it up. It definitely sounds like a multi-instrumentalist. This is Singers Unlimited. Speaking of getting dumped on, it's the Harlem Globetrotters coming out to Sweet Georgia Brown. 
What was that? No, oh, and here's what's crazy. The Manhattan transfer beat them. They beat them for sweet Georgia Brown. You know who else the Manhattan transfer beat that year? How many times are you going to say beat them or beat? You've said it's like it's 17 at this point. Do you know who else they beat in 1981 for the Grammy? Ooh, the Manhattan the transfer. They were what? nominated twice for the same category. This was for twi- that song called Twilight Zone, which is so bad, I didn't put it on the list. Now, here's the crazy oh, thing. I'm glad you only put the good ones on the list. Mm, I don't know about that. Here's the thing. In 1983, well, so first of all, 1982, guess who wins this award again? Manhattan Transfer. 1983, we have Toto winning it, but guess who they beat? Manhattan Transfer? No, Singers Unlimited. They got their shit kicked in again. (laughs) Except this time, they did a song about Birdland called Lullaby of Birdland. So now Singers Unlimited are just copying Manhattan Transfer, trying to do songs to win this goddamn Grammy, and they just cannot do it. Matt, Aaron, I know you guys were yawning earlier. I'll give you a tip. If you you take care of your Tickler's Unlimited thing before you go to bed, you'll fall right asleep. Trust me. Now, unfortunately for us, nature's ambient. This yes. Grammy is no more. That's very and you might gone. say to yourself, who could have possibly won this award? I swear to God, in if you play another like Singers Unlimited or Manhattan. Transfer now I'm going to tell song, you after uh, you're gonna, 19- your, your list privileges might be revoked. After it's 1983, Singers Unlimited are not on the list anymore. But in 1986. The final winner was indeed the Manhattan transfer. Not only did they win, they were nominated for this category three times. They beat themselves twice. <laughs> beat themselves twice? They beat in a, themselves in a twice. It's like a Saturday night when I was 14. It, twice. <laughs> now you might say to yourself, how could Manhattan transfer beat a band as good as Manhattan transfer twice? And the answer is they had a secret weapon. When you think about vocal arrangement for two or more voices, there's got to be only two people you think of. The sound effects guy from Police Academy and this guy right here. Listen, Winslow. See if you can pick out who this is. Bobby McFerrin. Bobby McFerrin coming in with Manhattan Transfer into the Another Night in Tunisia. Manhattan Transfer, in the nine years that this category existed, was nominated ten times, and they won it three. And they go out on top with an absolute banger, another night in Tunisia with Bobby McFerrin. I mean, I kind of like this one. I'm down with this one. See, Aaron, I told you the Eagles were awesome. And folks, that was another That's top five That's list. And I don't have, five, at least. I don't have the sound clip to play out. So what am I going to play instead? A nightingale oh. sang What's this in one? Berkeley oh. Square. Oh, I know what I'll play. That's what it sounds like when the homeless guy gives Rob the Manhattan transfer when he's walking down the street. Birdland. All right. Let's get back to the Eagles. Two Eagles. Uh, Life in the Fast Lane. A classic radio staple. 
so this is Joe, this is Joe Walsh on guitar then, right? Yep, Joe Walsh on guitar, Brent, Glenn Fry. He has a little guitar sound, right? Like, that's like... But, like, Rob, could you learn this in, like, 13 minutes? Yes. Or is this pretty hard to play? This guitar. I don't know. I think Joe Walsh is a pretty talented right. guitar player. Yeah. But I hear this, and it doesn't sound very complicated. So that's what I'm asking. Yeah, I don't know. But, but you know, sometimes the really good musicians, that's how they make it sound. It's, it's certainly not, right. like, super... I don't know. There's nothing extra about it. There's just a it's lot of it. Square. Do you think? Do you think part of the reason that I don't care for the Eagles is that I saw so much of them when they did that acoustic? Like I saw that yeah. video of yes, Hotel California everywhere. acoustic yes. a million like, times, and it drove I me insane. I think it's like it's like Kiss to me. Like they just there's so much yes. crap out there, and they're so advertised and pushed with all this stuff that it's just like eventually you're like just stop, stop. I don't yeah. care. Stop. And I think when they traded away Jay Feely, that was the last straw for me. And that was a <laughs> joke I forgot to say earlier. All right, wasted time. Or when they fired Andy Reid from the band, that was sad too. <laughs> you know, but he had 13 years. Yeah. What do you guys think is the right time to listen to this album? Like, when when would you turn? Aaron said he'll never listen to it again. But if you were gonna, when would you turn it on? When would you listen to it? I think maybe right after I eat a whole bottle of pills. <laughs> For me, it's only when making breakfast. Like, it's like I can have it on yeah. when making breakfast. But then if there's that, like, you're going to really waste your breakfast experience with this yeah. album? Because there's so many other albums no, to listen well, to I'm while not. making That's, breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. They, they actually, this this album is in Uh-oh. the original Booze and Vinyl Here book. We go. Not Booze and oh, Vinyl no. 2, but it was in oh, Booze and Vinyl no. 1. Wow. And they say, before you drop the needle, you should let your hair go. Go beachy. Get out some blankets. Hang a few lanterns in the trees. Then break out the summer drinks and sit around the fire. So it's like a beach type thing, a fire type thing. That's the feel that they're looking for. That's good. I love it. Okay, I get it. I get it. Russell, I know you're not drinking it, but what would we drink if we were going to listen to the uh, two Eagles? Well, on side A, they recommend a beach bomber cocktail. And tonight I am actually drinking a beach bomber cocktail. Oh, God. You guys have never had a beach bomber before. That's a big glass. Never had have we bomber. ever had a beach bomber? No. By you the way, when did beach you get bomber? this? We've been sitting here for four hours. When did you make this drink? <laughs> I even got my shaker when you were doing your intro. I didn't really care to hear about the Eagles, so I got my shaker. As you can see, I got my shaker, Rob. I got a professional shaker. Wow. Look at that. So. So this is a, a classic tiki drink. It's something like a maraschino flavored daiquiri. And oh. so what is in a beach bomber? It Uh-oh. is two ounces of white rum. Three quarters ounce Cointreau. Oh, three quarters ounce fresh lime juice. Oh, he's got that. that. And that half teaspoon sure. of maraschino liqueur. Nope. Out comes the cherry juice. The, yep. So that's the whole drink. <laughs> But there is one thing I am missing tonight. So can Uh-oh. you guess what I was missing tonight? No, I think he's got the maraschino liqueur. I think he's got maraschino liqueur. I think it's the Cointreau. I actually had the Cointreau. What I was missing tonight is the maraschino liqueur. We've talked about it before that typically I just pour a little bit of cherry juice in and set to yep. substitute. Yep. But problem is when you do that all the time on all those drinks that call for maraschino liqueur, you run out of cherries. <laughs> so I'm sitting here tonight. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? Do I go to the grocery store and just buy like 
one thing of cherries. That's kind of a creepy, weird thing to do. Like just go through the line with one thing of cherries, right? <laughs> yeah, looks like a little. But you know what I realized I had? If you guys remember a while back, we started drinking hard Mountain Dew. And so I had a hard Mountain Dew black cherry. So I just put a little bit of a drop of hard Mountain Dew black cherry into my beach bomber cocktail to give it that maraschino flavor. And it is delightful. What do you think about that? That's amazing. Hey, hey, what do you think of those cherries? What do you think of them cherries? I I mean, if I were Pac-Man, I would eat those cherries right now. Do you think they use real cherry juice in that hard Mountain Dew? You think those are real, like... Oh, yeah, 100%. Organic. Russell, an unbelievable drink. How's the drink, Russell? Does it taste good? It's actually very good. Can you see it in the in the oh. camera? Oh, yeah. Doesn't it look yeah. beautiful? It is, Aaron's right. That is a massive glass. I don't think it's supposed to be that size of a glass, but that it does look pretty good, I got to say. It actually says you're supposed to blend it, but I don't have own a blender, so I didn't blend it. I just shook it in ice and poured it on ice. Russell, I can only imagine what you know what it's probably a manhattan for when you listen to the manhattan transfer are they in booze and vinyl manhattan transfer hell i got the book over here i should go check next up we just listened to wasted time and you might say to yourself god i wish i could hear that same song and it's just orchestral version well you're in luck we got the reprie is that how i say it aaron reprie reprise reprise what am I thinking of reprieve? God, I'm smarter than I'm smarter than words. Is this, are even. is this if you have the album, is this the back half of side one or is this the beginning of side two? It's the fourth track. Should be the end of side one, right? If this is the beginning of side two, I would fucking throw this into the well, middle here's of the, the thing. Earth. I think there's nine songs. This is song five. Oh, it's right yeah. in the middle. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Somebody get get on this. Get research team. Let's get on this. Is this if this starts side two? Give me a break. This is a the Bruce Springsteen loses matters, fucking don't you mind. Think? Yeah. Like if you were to rank this album, if this and you flip right, it over, and this is what you hear. That would have been the only way to listen to this. When this it came would be out. song one of side two. See, if oh, Wikipedia wow. is correct, motherfucker, you got to be kidding me. That is yeah, terrible. Feeling themselves. It's it's Jesus. like a bad version of what's the the love lies whatever the Elton John song. Love right? lies bleeding. Oh lines. my god. Victim of Love. Now, this is kind of interesting. They recorded this entire song live, except for the vocals. And they wanted Don Felder to do it. And he took a week to do it. And they said, Don, that was fine. Great job. By the way, Don, uh, the manager wants to take you out to lunch. The manager takes Don Felder out to lunch. Don Henley steps in, sings the whole song while he's gone. (laughs) And this is the version you hear on the album. Can you imagine? No, I like, mean, I, I, I can't imagine. I feel like that would be something that would happen to me in life. It's like, hey, Russ, you've made a bunch of errors at shortstop. The coach is going to take you out the Wally Pip talk to you. And then I go back and they've made like nine outs in a row and I'm out of the game. I was just going to say, Rob, just put a calendar invite on mine for, for lunch tomorrow. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it seemed like little Rosie's going to come right in and steal my job away from me. <laughs> can you say that again clearly so I can write down what you say just in case I needed to maybe do a ADR little audio ad? All right. Now, I'm not going to lie. I didn't take notes on any of these other songs. So God only knows what's going on here. We have <sighs> Pretty Maids All in a Row. I think this is the the first song sung by Joe Walsh after he joined Eagles. Joe Walsh's voice is so funny to me. Yeah, I enjoy Joe Walsh's voice. So I thought this one, I think the whole album has kind of this sappy feel to it. I think that's why we don't like it at times, right? But this is pretty sappy. But then it kind of, there's a point where it kicks in. It gets a little more musical at some point, but maybe a bit sappy. 
Agreed, Sappy. I mean, this is one where, like, I spaced out. Like, oh, I forgot this album's on. I'm supposed to be listening. And I like Joe Walsh. This is, it's about meeting of old friends or lovers and the feelings that come back with meeting an old friend or an, a lover. Have you guys ever ran into an old friend or an old lover? And what was the feeling? I think sometimes when I meet my wife's old lovers and I shake their hands and they squeeze my hands so tight <laughs> as a show of dominance, it's humiliating to me. <laughs> humiliating. Uh, I would say to meet my old lover, hmm, let me think what that would be like. Well, it would be Mrs. McGee next door. She's 76 years old, but I still give it to her every week. Uh, <laughs> She pays you in meatballs. <laughs> Local gilfs, right? Also, also I'm going to ignore that. Also, any, you know who lives next You actually know who lives next door to me? Who's that? Ed Lubber. He's incredibly Ed old, Lubber. but he's, a, he's an old lubber. I see him all the time. <laughs> I think he might be dead, actually. All right, try and love again. Is that like, remember, there was an Ed Lover and Dr. Dre? There was like a different Dr. Dre. Yes, different Dr. Yeah. Dre, right? yes. Yeah, and Ed Lover and Dr. Dre. Dre. It wasn't like, yep. hey, there's two Dr. Dre's. Wait, it was going to be raps. It's Ed Lover, right? With a B? What? Oh, I thought it was Lover. Is it Ed Lover? Lover as well. It cannot be Lover, can it? Yes, I have Ed Lover. Saying, yes. I've been saying Ed Lover. Why would it be Ed Lover? I've been saying Ed Lover my whole life. What do you mean? Why would you think it was Ed Lover? I don't know. Also, how can you say that anyway? Like, what and then he says, it can't be Ed Lover, can it? Yeah. Why would it be Ed Lover? <laughs> That's his name, Ed Lubber. No. That would be like if someone called Tupperware Tupperware. It's not Tupperware. It's Tupperware. That would be like if you called it Tupperware. It's, uh, I mean, Ed Lubber. Ed Lubberware. Uh, I don't know. Really I thought your, it was like a pirate. Really your neighbor? <laughs> no, that would rule. Oh. I would have brought, I, he would have known because he'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, it's Ed Lover. And I'd be like, wait, what? Who? <laughs> I thought he was like a land lubber, like a pirate. I really did. I thought it was Ed Lubber. I don't even know what lubber is. Like blubber, like on a seal or like a whale. This is like the poo on my shirt. It's blowing my mind. <laughs> Makes me wonder if the poo on the shirt is made, is where it's coming from. You think this is an, a dream I had? Where's Ed Lubber and my shirt? Oh my god! Listen, just like it. dicks. This is the last resort. Oh, ouch! I think we skip try and love again. Just like dicks, this is try and love again. <laughs> no, we played this one. We played this. We did? Yeah. Russell okay. just loves this album so now, much he wants to keep listening to it more. <laughs> did we skip Pretty Maids all in a row? Maybe we didn't. Maybe we didn't skip this one. No, we, we skipped right, something. No, we didn't. We didn't skip we were this talking one. We about, just played only a little bit of it. We were talking about Ed Lubber. We were talking yeah. about Ed Lover. We were talking about old lovers. Because I was talking about my neighbor. We were talking about we're talking bills. about meeting of old friends. And because the it's pretty maids all in a row, guys. Yeah. Sherlock, Sherlock Bones is on the case. I nailed it. Okay. And we need to try and love again. Try and love again. You don't need to try that hard. <laughs> this is what I wrote down. Sometimes you try, but you just need more time. I wrote down in my notes. I don't love this, but it's a good song. Why does Aaron not like this? I feel bad. You feel bad for the Eagles? Sweetie Russell. Sweetie Russell. I actually, I mean, I like when the 
I actually, I, I dig when they do the vocal arrangements. I've, I realized I just don't want to listen to Don Henley sing. There's too much of it on this album. Why, why don't you like Don Henley? So you're the, you're your vocalist on It's the, just like, it's just a thin and reedy voice that just, I don't understand mm. why that's what you'd want to put forward as your, your best face forward. Got it. Now, I'm going to say this. We have not talked about what a bunch of pricks the Eagles are. And I'm yeah, going to save they? that for the next Eagles album that's on the list, which is the uh, eponymous Eagles. We're going to talk all about what a bunch of pricks they are on that album. So I didn't know stay that. tuned. That album is coming up, I would guess, in about four years. All right. Yeah. So I, mean, I think I think to, just to circle back just quickly, I think Don Henley's on this a lot because Don Henley's a prick and just bullied his way on to doing oh, all that this stuff. Okay. So. Well, then, yeah, then I'm what makes him a prick? I, no, I mean, he's just, I think he just, you know, he came in. Didn't he come in a little late too compared to the original? Yeah, I uh, think so. Yeah. You know, then I think he just kind of basically took over. Then he left, went and did his own solo career for a while. And he's got right. some songs that I like, you know, from yeah. his solo career. But um, I think he just kind of bullied his way into being the drummer and the, and the singer and getting on to different hey, albums and things. So. Can you guys shut up for a second? Because sometimes a person, they, <laughs> they just feel like they have a vision and they want it to get done. And sometimes people will take that as them being a prick and maybe, you know, people get mad or their wives get mad for things you say, but really you're trying to be creatively consistent and, uh, and all right, the joke has gone on long enough. The last guys, just like Dick's the last resort. I, I, I was thinking of Matt a lot listening to this album because I know Matt, his big thing with this podcast is he said we shouldn't be negative about albums. We just shouldn't do it. And I'm trying to find the positives in this song. In this song or this album? What did you say? In this song. I will say. You guys are shitting on it pretty hard. Like, is this worse than Car- the Carol King one for you guys? Or where, where, like, how far down is this for you guys? By a million, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I it's just this song is well intentioned. And so, yeah. so then the other mean. question would be like, do you guys talk to your parents and say, "Hey, are you into the Eagles?" Because there's like, this is one of the biggest selling albums ever. There's all these older people that must love it. Like, what yeah. are we missing here? What are we missing that other people saw? I I think I honestly think it was when the Eagles came out with their unplugged album. It was right at the height of us listening to music, right? It came out right like at the height of MTV. And I just got so much Eagles in my face, like seeing them, all 12 of them up there with their acoustic guitars. I think it just put a bad taste in my mouth for the rest of my life. Because I do, I like life in the fast lane. I do like Hotel California. I just, I am having trouble being positive about this album. So maybe that's why I wrote such a nice song about you guys to begin with, because I knew this was going to be a rough road, but... I don't know, Matt. Matt, you're you're positive. Give me give me a positive thing about this album right now. Make me happy. Well, I, 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 besides the songs, right? I mean, there's some absolute like <laughs> besides <number> the songs. <laughs> but it, you know, it sold like you said, it sold the 500 million yeah. records or whatever it was, or fifth was it 50? I don't know. We had the number around somewhere, 32 you know, or something. I don't know. But it was the fifth million. best-selling album of all time. Yeah. Like if you're gonna have a list of the al- best albums of yeah. all time. They have to be on there somewhere. I don't care yep, what it true. is. You know, I, I mean, are we getting to the rating system here? We can go, let's get to yes. the rating system. Well, let's get into the rating system. Matt's begging for it. He wants it so bad. And I'm going to give it to him. Everybody's favorite part of the show. The patented and very popular Beck Did It Better rating system. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Matt, rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling grown, what do you think of the Eagles Hotel California? Uh, I mean, I think it's rolling grown, but not by much. I think it should be like a top 250 album, but there's just so many albums that if you look just five or 10 or 20 below this one that I think are such better albums. This seems like a very nice, easy, safe, we're playing for the radio kind of a record, right? Like I, I think that you can throw this in with like the Shania Twain's of the world and the oh, wow, yeah. George Straits of the world and the, uh, who's the other I was Garth, a young troubadour. The Garth, the Garth Brooks's <laughs> of the world, right? I mean, they just, they sold a ton of records because they just had some great songs that were great in the radio and they had a wide appeal, right? But were they great records? Do they do anything? Do they stretch? Do they make people want to start playing music like them? I don't know. I don't think so. You know, I don't, so it's hard for me to say like, this is such a great groundbreaking album when I think songs in the key of life came out this year. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just, there's a ton of other albums that came out this year that you just Boston, Boston sold like 25 million records. Oh, that's you know, I don't an album know, for you. Woo. You know, things like that. I mean, so 1976, I've been saying 1994 is probably like the best year ever for albums, but it might be 1976 when you kind of look at the, mm-hmm. the lineup there. So not to take this too much farther. I just think this is very bland, but it's sold a ton of records because it has a huge commercial appeal. Right. And that's why it's up this high, but I don't think it should be this high. I think it should be a little lower. So I'm going to say rolling groaned. All right. Uh, Russell, what do you think? Rolling Well Tone, that means this album is perfect at 117 or 118. I can't remember anymore. What that is this perfect at 118? Is this album should be lower? It sh- it's a rolling bone. It shouldn't be up this high. It should be where the original list had it at 67. Or is this a rolling groan? This album does not belong this high up on the list. Uh, I I normally like the commercial hits. You guys, we when we hear albums with a bunch of commercial hits, I like them, and I I like some of the commercial hits on this one. For me, it's just a little bit too sappy. It's kind of too soft. And like, if I were to put a continuum, like I mentioned, uh, Kanye late registration, the one we talked about last week. If I were to put a continuum of one is Bob Newhart and ten is late registration, this is like under a five. Yeah, like it's it to me, it's closer to Newhart than it is to to late registration. So for me, I'm going to say it's a slight rolling groan, but I, I don't think it's as bad. I, I feel like it's kind of like a it's almost like a uh, Nickelback type thing where Nickelback yeah. starts selling a lot of records. So people have to have to hate on them a little bit. I, I think they're just like catching shit because they're really popular, but it's not really for me. I probably won't come back and listen to it again. All right, Aaron, what do you think? Rolling well-toned or rolling bone or rolling groan? Yeah, this just doesn't really do it for me. Uh, It's too much Don Henley singing. I think there's some nice moments with the vocal arrangements. Um, I think there's just not enough happening to justify it being where it is. So I'm going to call it a rolling groan. Aaron, if you want to know anything about vocal arrangements, there's this group called Manhattan Transfer. (laughs) I'm going to check them out as soon as we hang up. Yeah, I'm more of a Singers Unlimited guy. I don't know about you guys, but that's or Singers Limited. I can't remember anymore. They lost. I don't. They're not as good. They lost the Grammy. Uh, listen, folks. Unfortunately, you are incorrect. Again, this gets a rolling best-selling album. Folks, album Hotel California has a. It is so bizarre. It in 1976, this album is the sixth greatest-selling album of all time. 
the fifth greatest selling album of all time, also from 1976, the Eagles' greatest hits. No. <laughs> they released this album and the greatest hits in the same year, and they both sold like hotcakes. It's crazy. Do you, do you guys want to live crazy. in a world, let's say the top four albums never existed, and we lived in a world where those two were the one and two best-selling albums ever? Yeah. You What, what can fucked. you do? I no, mean, that's, that's fucked. That, that makes you think, though, that we are missing. I think Matt's right. We are missing something. I think in 1976, we sit down, we put on this album, we'd have our minds fucking blown. I think I think it's just the way it is. No, we would not have our minds blown. No, we would just be doing what our friends and neighbors are doing, listening to some pleasant tunes. I think it just it spans across so many genres. Like, it's kind of in rock. It's kind of an easy listening. It's kind of in country. It's kind of in old Americana. You know, there's just so, it's just a wide ranging thing. But that's why it sold so many records and so many people, you know, like it. And some people love it. Some people hate it, but there's a lot of people that like it. So, hey, um, Aaron, you know what you should play for Thanksgiving? The Eagles <laughs> Hotel California. <laughs> it's honestly not the worst Thanksgiving music, actually. It's, I, I could definitely hear it now. Also coming out in 1976. Now, I don't want to get too weird about this. So the Eagles. Save that for the end. Their greatest hits sold 41 million copies. Okay, 41 million copies. Also coming out in 1976, ironically, an album called Coming Out by a little band named Manhattan Transfer (laughs) sold 20,000 copies the same year. 20,000 copies. Makes you start thinking on this now, doesn't it? (laughs) Twenty. This might this might be way too high on the list. Twenty thousand. We have more downloads of this podcast than they sold of that album. That's wild to me, folks. Next up, next week. I can't believe it. Can you believe this? I didn't know this happened. Can you believe Sly and the Family Stone covered Eminem? What? Next week we've got Stand. Stand by Sly and the Family Stone. <laughs> Sometimes I scribble addresses too sloppy when I jot them. Whoa! Whoa! Bob Seger, Night Moves came out in 76. Oh, wow. The Doobie Brothers taking us to the street. Now, here's what I don't get about Bob Seger's Night Moves. If you look at the lyrics, tell me what this means. She was a black haired beauty with big dark eyes. With points on her own, sitting way... Never mind. I figured out what it's about. Sorry. <laughs> Robbie, you had mentioned a spot on your shirt earlier. I got I got into my tickler file, and it seems to have left a spot on my pants. Maybe we could talk through how we got there. <laughs> the tickler file gets you every time. Two weeks in a row with the exact same bit, but oh well. It's time to say <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. Oh.